my friends, and welcome to Worship for Carmen United Church this August 16th of 2020. I'm the pastor here of this church, Reverend Nick Phillips, and I'm so glad you're joining us for worship this day. I just want to uh, give a quick announcement that uh, it is a reminder that our church council will be meeting on Thursday evening, and so your prayers would be appreciated as we discuss the renovations, fundraising, and again, as always, our reopening plan. As usual, I hope to also have an update for you next week in our video. Now, as we've heard what's happening, let's just take a moment to silence our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. Let us pray. Holy God, you are the God of all things. You are our Father at times, at all times, whether we are busy or resting We thank you that you are with us in this time of worship, and we seek your blessing as we praise your holy name together in this service. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Today we're taking a final look at the meaning and purpose of Sabbath. We move back to the book of Deuteronomy this time. We're in chapter 15 as we read verses 1 and 2 and also verses 7 through 11. It says, at the end of every seven years, you shall grant release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor shall release whatever he has lent to his neighbor. He shall not exact it of his neighbor, his brother, because the Lord's release has been proclaimed. If among you, one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within the land that the Lord is giving you, You shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against the poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Take care, lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart, and you say, the seventh year, the year of release, is near, and your eye look grudgingly on your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you, and you be guilty of sin. You shall give him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open your hand to your brother, to the needy, and to the poor in your land. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather in your presence, may the words, my mouth, and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. There is little question that the world revolves around the almighty dollar. The push to reopen our communities and our businesses is because we want to have the economy running. We want it to be strong. Business, in almost every case, is out to make money. And some businesses will actually ignore issues they know of in order to keep making money. 
They don't want anything to interrupt that influx of money. Banks, banks actually charge us to use our own money. Don't get me wrong, I, I believe in getting paid for what we do. My problem is CEOs get richer and richer while many people on the factory floor or on the front lines, cashiers or whatever, they're the ones who suffer. They're the ones who cannot make a livable wage in many cases. The way the world works requires a currency to trade, to trade for services or, or products. I'm just not sure that the system we have in place right now is actually the best system. But it is what it is, and we live within it as best we can. Of course, we can always seek to do better. We can always push for a fair distribution of wealth so that those frontline workers, those people on the factory floor, they can live comfortably without the stress of trying to pay off debts or wondering where the food will come for their table tonight or, or where the heat will come uh, this coming winter. There is a, probably a better way. Now, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about Sabbath. You might wonder what our reading today has to do with Sabbath. How does dealing with debts connect to Sabbath? So far, we've looked at finding our own time of rest so we can spend time with God. We talked about how God commanded it as part of the Ten Commandments, that we honor the Sabbath. We also looked at God himself, how he created the world, the universe, and everything in it, and then rested on the seventh day, and how he sets an example for us. By that, he rested. And we also see that same example shown in Jesus Christ with the invitation for us to find our rest in him. So again, what does forgiving debts have to do anything with Sabbath? Well, let's review what's happening in the lives of the Israelites when we pick it up in Deuteronomy 15. They are currently wandering through the wilderness, led by Moses after many generations of living as slaves in Egypt. At this point, they are roughly one generation out of leaving Egypt. And this is after God has rescued them and is leading them toward the promised land. All this time in the wilderness, they've been moaning, they've been complaining. This is hard. Are we there yet? How much longer? I want to go back. They've gone from having nothing as slaves in Egypt to being on the verge of living their own lives with their own property, with their own homes, with their own farms, their own jobs. So in our reading, God is kind of setting up a policy for them to live by. And the policy is this. Every seven years, all debts are forgiven. Can you imagine? Every seven years, your debts are forgiven. What kind of debts do you have in your life? <clears throat> Credit cards, mortgage, loans, 
Think of it, all of these would be gone in seven years, within seven years. I add that within because the clock doesn't start the moment you take out the loan in this policy that God is setting up. But rather, it is every seven years, no matter when the loan was taken out. It is a global concept. So if this year, 2020, was the year that is to forgive debts, <clears throat> and then the next one, the next opportunity is 2027, and then, and then 2034. So if you took out a new loan this year, you would be making seven years of payments before it would be released, forgiven. But if you took out a loan in 2026, you would only be making one year of payments before your debt was forgiven. Now, God understands that there are complexities here. There can be problems, there can be abuses that occur with that kind of set schedule. So he adds a clarification starting in Deuteronomy 15.9. He says, Take care, lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart, and you say, The seventh year, the year of release, is near. And, you, and your eye look grudgingly on your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cried to the Lord against you, and you be guilty of sin. You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because for this the Lord will bless you in all your work and in all that you will undertake. In other words, don't deny someone in need. Don't deny them alone just because the year of release is coming up. The year of forgiveness is coming up. God actually commands at the end of our passage today that they open their hands to all neighbors who are in need. So what is the purpose of all this? Think about what kind of impact this would have on a person. What if you woke up tomorrow and all your debts were canceled? How would you feel? Would you be grateful, relieved, joyful, this command is in relation to the poor in the community. God knows there will always be poor among us. Jesus said the same. There will always be poor among you. This rule isn't necessarily for the blue-collar workers so he can go out and buy a bigger house and, and fancier cars. This policy, this rule, this commandment is to the benefit of the weakest in, in, in the community, the most vulnerable this command is about how God every, wants everyone to share and to have the basic necessities of life. This is how God wants us to take care of one another. Now, sadly, as you read through the Old Testament, you don't see a whole lot of evidence of this practice, of this policy being practiced. Why? Well, the people weren't necessarily listening. They got comfortable. They stepped away from God. And they did this on many occasions. This is a key point. They backed off from God. On their own, they chose to step away. God never withheld his love from the people. They just chose not to reciprocate that love and seek a relationship with him. 
They chose that path, not God. Being in relationship with God is so important. Part of the relationship building, the relationship growth, is done by spending quality time with God, such as on the Sabbath. And don't we walk away from God at times too, even today? There have been many times when I've gone days or even weeks without spending quality time with God on a daily basis. And I will confess, I've even done it this year, not that long ago. We have our moments. We all do. When we just don't take time to connect. It's not because God has withdrawn from us, but rather we have found something else to take the place of God in our lives. We have found other priorities. And some of them are just so silly. Like, instead of picking up our Bible or our prayer journal, we watch TV. Or we read some other book. Or we play on Facebook or other games, video games. I've been guilty of every one of these at one time or another. We have to make our relationship with God a priority in our lives. We have to make a commitment. We have to pray for the desire to spend quality time with God. And when we do this, when we actually sit down and spend this time with God, then things start to happen. I know they do. For the poor people among the Israelites, they are living what I can imagine to be stressful lives. They're trying to pay back their loans. They are not unlike slaves in many instances because they've needed to work to take debts just to get by. And after seven years when their loans are forgiven, it's like they've been given a blank slate, a, a new chance at life. We are also given a new chance at life, a blank slate by God. Remember the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. I won't go through the whole thing because it is quite long, but remember, remember how a younger brother demanded his inheritance from his not-dead-yet father. His father granted it to him. And he left the farm and he went out and wasted this inheritance on uh, on selfish and sinful living. When he finally hits rock bottom, he's eating with the pigs that he is taking care of. In fact, he's even eating what the pigs are eating. He decides he needs to go back home and beg for forgiveness from his father for, uh, for the wrong he has done. And he even had a whole speech planned out when he, when he got face-to-face with his father. What he didn't know was that his father was on the front porch every day, just scanning the end of the road, just longing for his son to come home. And when his father saw his son's head just peeking up at the end of the horizon or as it hit the end of the road, 
He ran to him, he hugged him, he kissed him, and he welcomed him home even before the son got to say a word. He was forgiven. He was forgiven his debts, he was forgiven his sin, he was welcomed back into the family. We are the prodigal son. We have taken advantage of our Heavenly Father. We have walked away from Him. We've walked away from His love. And we have lived our own selfish lives. And we've not spent any quality time with Him. I want you to know, our Heavenly Father right now is watching the end of the road. He doesn't care what we're doing. He's just watching and waiting for us to come back to Him. If you are feeling guilty, if you're feeling unworthy of coming back to the Father, think of the prodigal son. The prodigal son whose father forgave him everything he had done before he even said a word. He just knew in that moment that his son was humble and he just needed to be loved. He needed to come home and be part of the family. Our Heavenly Father, He knows what you're doing. He knows what you're, what you're up to when you turn away from Him. But even then, He's still watching. He, he's still waiting. He's ready to receive our humble hearts and fill us once again with His love. He's ready to forgive our sins. He's ready to share His love with us again in a relationship greater than any other we can find in this world. He is ready to meet us in our Sabbath, in those times of deep, personal, conversational prayer, so that He can reveal His love, but also His plan for us in this world. Is this something worth pursuing? You better believe it. And we don't even need to wait seven years for it to happen. God will forgive you today. And he will welcome you back into the family. We have been designed in the image of God, created in the image of God, made by God. And we find rest in him. God rested, and so we too need rest. We need rest with Him. Our souls even long for the life-giving connection only God can provide. Just like the consideration of the forgiveness of debts is, com- is a completely radical change in a mindset, so too is our relationship with our Father in Heaven. It is a radical, life-changing concept. It is a reminder that God is God and we are not. By the rules of this world, we are judged by our value. That is, we are basically seen as commodities, as buyers and sellers of products. We are judged by how successful we are, how productive we are, how useful or good we are. Those are the rules of this world. But take away those rules and what's left. We are invited to live in God's grace. 
we are invited to abide in the love of God extended to us through Jesus Christ, his Son. We no longer need to be slaves of consumption, but be free in Christ. No longer are we living for death, but rather living for life, a life God has planned for us. We've been given freedom and wholeness. And as Jesus promised us last week, our joy is made complete. That is, if we can stop. If we can just pause once in a while and let God meet us, let God love us, let God share his heart with us, just as the broken, sinful people we are. And then we just let him do his work in our lives, his healing work in our lives. Sabbath. It is a gift from God to us so that we can spend time getting to know him, to receive his love, to hear his plans for us, so we may live abundant lives here on this earth in partnership with our creator, our father, our God, by living by the example of his son, Jesus Christ, by the power of his Holy Spirit. I invite you today to turn to your Heavenly Father in prayer, to ask him to speak to you, to share his heart with you. This is Sabbath. Time to let God be God and reveal all he has for us so that we may receive the gift of life he brings. Amen. Would you join me in a time of prayer? Let us pray. Holy God, we are here today in your presence, wherever we are watching, whenever we are watching. We thank you that you extend beyond time and space and connect us through our worship by the power of your Holy Spirit. What a blessing this is. What a blessing it is to know you. Lord, we pray for hope and healing in this world that has turned its back on you. Just as we have seen in the Old Testament, our world has also been drawn to sin and selfish pleasures. And we've lifted up that up over a meaningful, loving, life-giving relationship with you. So God, we pray that you will bring healing to this world. May you lead us, your children, through our Sabbath times to mend this broken world and to help bring people back into relationship with you. You have chosen to act in this world through responses in prayer, through answers to prayer. You have invited us to ask for your guidance so that we can do your work. So God, we, we, we implore you, we, we plead with you today to do your will on this earth through us, through your children, through your church. Lead us and guide us, you, our Heavenly Father. We pray as well for those who are in need of your comfort and healing. We pray for the sick we pray for those who mourn. We pray for the lost and the lonely. We pray for the hungry and the cold. We pray for the hurt and the broken. Lord, we lift up all of those we carry in our hearts to you today. And we ask for your merciful and loving presence 
to be with all of them. And Lord, we also pray for ourselves. May we find time to be in your presence alone so we may grow in our relationship with you and also in our understanding of your plan for our lives. We pray for the desire to spend a Sabbath time with you and to have you speak your love into our lives. Lord, we long for it. We, we pray for it. We need it in order to, be fully, to fully be your children in this world. Lord, for all these things and so many more, we lift them up to you. We lift them up to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca May God bless you this day.